Welcome everyone. Welcome and good evening to our Her Rise Salon Talks. I'm so excited to be here with you all tonight for this special salon talk, talking with a leader in the finance industry. My name is Marsha Guerrier. I'm the founder and CEO of Her Sweet Spot and your host for this this evening's Her Rise Salon Talks. Let me share a little bit about our guest today. Tracy Chambers has lived in San Francisco Bay Area for most of her life and currently resides in San Francisco and the mother of one son, just like me. Tracy attended college locally with studies in communications with an emphasis in media and journalism. After a brief stint in broadcast journalism, Working for the ABC affiliate in San Francisco, she made a career move to the financial industry. She spent three years at Franklin Templeton Mutual Funds, and from there spent four years with the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. From there, she moved to Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab, where she has been employed for the last 10 years. And in her spare time, she enjoys traveling and um, has been to over 25 countries. She enjoys cooking, shopping, British mysteries, and comedy, foreign and period movies. Welcome, Tracy, to our show today. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you for having me. It's really such appreciate a it. It's such <laughs> a pleasure having you on. It's a pleasure on to be here. Today. It's been, uh, we've been communicating for a while online, and finally to have you here is such a pleasure. So, as I talked about as part of your bio, you started out with a degree in communications and, and really was working in journalism for a while. How long were you working in journalism? Um, I started out um, as an intern. So all in all, I was in journalism for only about two years. Okay. And so after two years and spending all that time on your degree, how did you make the transition to financial uh, industry? Well, um, so firstly, I, I, I didn't see a roadmap for me in journalism. I, I was 24 years old um, and I had these grand ideas around stories that I wanted to cover. I wanted to be the first journalist to to interview the uh, Queen of England and I wanted to interview Mandela, you know, but again, I was 20, 23 at the time, 22, 23 at the time. And, um, you know, my goal was to become a news anchor in New York. Um, but I determined early on that after an internship that um, landing a job as a new as a news anchor in, in New York mm-hmm. wasn't as straightforward as I thought it would be, you know, right. Right. being young. Um, and I also determined early on that um, with the given uh, responsibilities in the real world of journalism, um, it was no longer my passion. I, I wasn't keen on the politics, the culture, or the personalities that are rampant in that industry. Wow. And wow. simply put, journalism was no longer fulfilling or appealing to me. And, you know, it happens and, and that's okay. That's okay. So um, I, I made a. That, pardon me? That's so fascinating because if you, 
if this was you've been with Charles Swabs for 20 years, mm -hmm. spent five years in, in other uh, financial uh, institutions. And so I'm going to only do the math. And this is over 25 years ago. And fast forward to today and so many highlighted disparities that are in the media industry now. Right. When you look at that, do you look, do you look at that? and look at the news that you hear about the media industry and say, wow, did I dodge a bullet? Or do you sometimes look yes. back and think? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> especially, or I would say in the last five years or yeah. four years, uh, you know, the fake news thing. And yeah. I think um, back then it, it was a little more true to, I think that it was a little more honest Right. Um, but, you know, I made the move away from journalism um, without knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to continue to pursue journalism. You know, I realized that that industry was not a good fit for me. Right. The move to, to the financial industry was happenstance. Right. Um, I, I found myself unemployed and looking for work. So decided to take a temp job for a large mutual fund company, Franklin Templeton, mm -hmm. until I could find my footing. And I figured out, um, and, and until I could figure out what I wanted to do. Right. So after six months, um, that temp job was no longer a holding pattern for me because I had found my footing. I was happy. I was fulfilled. I felt valued, and I felt that I I had I found some purpose. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was the beginning of my career in the financial industry. Um, I, I feel like the financial, you know, I've been in the fin in, in FinServe and FinTech for over 20 something, 25 mm -hmm. years. I, I try mm -hmm. not to age myself because I look so young, you know, I know. Of course. <laughs> of course you do. But at the same time, our industry is so welcoming. You know, as many mm -hmm. things that I can mm -hmm. tell you that has gone on in terms of, um, you know, equity, quality, in the industry, but at the same time, when it comes to welcoming people of, of different backgrounds on education, especially, I probably work with more people with non-economic and finance degrees and business management degrees that, than anything else. So it, it it fits what I'm used to seeing and the, the qualities and things that you learn through communications can still very well transcend any industry and, and can put you in a great position even in the financial Absolutely. industry. You don't, so the bottom line is to get into the financial industry, you don't need to necessarily have a finance degree just to get that foot in exactly. the door. That's a Absolutely. You know, an example of that. Um, so, and so sidebar, going off to the British mm -hmm. part, your love of British mysteries. This is off off script, but <laughs> what, how are you loving the newest drama coming from over the pond <laughs> with all the Which, Mary the and Crown? Or yes, are, are you a fan of all of that as well? Absolutely, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Crown, and um, I, I really enjoy um, British mystery movies. Um, I've seen so many. Um, I don't have a favorite. They're all really good. Um, yeah. But um, I, I, and I, and I love foreign films. So 
Um, I'm I, I'm I'm okay with I you know I don't speak any language other than English, but um, I I don't mind reading the subtitles. But the the stories are are, are great. Yeah. Um, as of late, though, I've I've been really focused on a lot of African uh, films. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And before we before we end, I'd like you to share some with me. That'd be great. Uh, so. Sure. I want to get into some of the things we want to talk about today. So, you know, we're often told to remain at a firm for long periods of time. And as your bio reads, you you went from a couple of positions and a couple of companies, actually. People tell you stay at a, stay at a firm and just move about within the firm, right? But you mm-hmm. did move from um, companies, and I've done the same um, mm-hmm. in order to advance. And what would you say? that moving around did for your your career and the advancement that to position you in the right place for leadership in your career yeah so so every company is different whether it's in the same industry or whether it's in a different role within the same industry and for me bringing my experience in broadcast journalism to my current career in the financial industry in a project management role, I found similarities that I could leverage in my current job. For example, timelines. As a journalist, uh, you, you know, you're required to work within very, very tight timelines to get a story out on the air and, you know, for the morning or evening news. Right. In my current role, the nature of my job can require me to, del- to, to also deliver within a short time frame, not within, you know, hours. Um, right but very short timeframes or long-term timeframes. But at the end of the day, I'm bound to timelines. So throughout my career, I changed titles and roles, but once I settled and found the space where I added the most value, I never strayed from from that industry. And, um, you know, I wouldn't discourage changing industries, but I would encourage you to think about your circumstances, such as age, experience, financial obligations, your family situation, because all things considered, starting anew means starting all over. And that can have impact on your finances, your salary and, and career growth. Um, you know, if early, if you're early on in your career and you don't have a lot of responsibilities and financial obligations, there's nothing wrong with testing the waters. Right. Right. I, 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 I followed that advice as I was navigating towards my my various roles, and I knew mm-hmm. I needed to go to places that one valued me, and and in order for me to ever get as a black woman in the mm-hmm. space to get to the places that I needed to go, I needed to move around. And then that was one of, the, one of the best advice that I got from someone inside the industry because my parents were always like, don't stay where you are. <laughs> get settled and grow within. And that's not always Absolutely. the case for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. uh, it's so we're here to talk about the pursuit of balance, right? And you have so many, which I love to talk about. I could talk about that probably this whole time, you know, that we have together, your passion and your love for uh, travel, cooking, and all the things that you, you we mentioned. How do you find time? You're a technical director with like a huge major corporation. I imagine you have dozens upon dozens of people that are in your, in your downline, right? And so how do you find the time to separate 
work, especially in this new digital world of working from home. And sometimes some people don't know when to separate the, the two, right? How do you find that time? Yeah, so, you know, I first start out with, you know, just advising folks that maintaining a healthy work-life balance can be very challenging, but it is absolutely necessary. And I, I truly believe that you are at your most productive if you're well-rounded with a full and balanced life and at home and at work. It's, it's important to stay healthy, mind and body. I try to eat healthy and I... Um, so what I do is I, I make time to walk at least five times a, a week for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And during the work week, I do this at the break of dawn and I block that time off on my calendar. Um, I also plan vacations, which, um, you know, whether it's spending time at home or spending time traveling, my, my work phone is turned off and my laptop is shut down when I'm on vacation. This is my time. Oh, so wow. it's important to set boundaries and those boundaries are important in the workplace as well as at home. My off time is my time, but my work time is when I dedicate myself and my focus on my work during work hours. Um, I also try to be mindful um, that, you know, well, we should all try to be mindful that if your job is affecting your, your personal relationships, both right. will ultimately right. suffer consequences. So it's important to leave work at work and leave your personal and private life at home. Right. Um, and, you know, don't don't let overtime become um, the rule rather than the exception, you know, set, pri set, you know, set priorities early on in your career because those priorities should never change. Right. You know, oftentimes I think the biggest thing people struggle with is not that they're unhappy with their job or even the company, it's usually the direct report or direct manager, that person above them that's guiding them that they may have um, differences with. As a leader and as a manager of so many people, what advice would you give to anyone watching that may find it difficult to approach their boss in, in order to ask for balance? Because, you know, many women of color, we have been we put up a barrier because of our past trauma and experience with other bosses that we don't even bring ourselves to work. We don't even say that. I do like going to walks and I need time at lunch to go away. A lot of people want to have lunchtime chats now, you know, mm -hmm. in the virtual world. And how do you say to your boss, I need this time for me? What are your thoughts? Well, one of the things that um, Charles Schwab is, is great at is is really encouraging that that um, that personal time and that that balance. Um, so I, you know, at Schwab, I, I've never had that issue. I, I can't really say I've had that issue anywhere. But for those who don't have that flexibility or, or, or don't work for a company that provides that flexibility, I would just reiterate, I, I would suggest that you, you know, um, talk to your boss and, and let your boss know that, you know, hey, I, I need to spend, you know, 30 minutes a day walking. Are you okay with me putting that time on my calendar and, and, and allowing that to be my time, my me time to get out and get some fresh air, especially in this environment? Um, 
just be honest and upfront with your boss. Okay. So putting the time on the calendar is what is what I hear too. Like it's very important every now and then when it's something super serious, like I have to go to the doctor or whatever, I do put Mm -hmm. that time, but I never used it for just the decompress. Like I need that 20 minutes, half an hour to Mm -hmm. walk away and zone out. It's like you stay within, you know, finger shot of the laptop or the computer so that you can stay on. And that's not healthy at all. Exactly. And and when I take my walks in the morning, I do not bring my, my work phone with me. I bring my personal phone because I listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do not take my, my, my work cell phone because that, again, that's my time. That is my me time. Right. How, how important then is it then for you to, to help, really stress to our, our listeners and watch it, watch everyone watching, how important it is to have a passion for something other than work and business. Because a lot of the people that are watching may have be full-time in their business or um, juggling between the two. So how do you actually make find a passion and or make time for that passion? Well, I I have a lot of passions, and and, and having passions are very important. Um, I have personal and professional passions, um, but you know, of course, my personal passions are, are a priority for me, right? So I, I I'm passionate about obtaining great results. I'm, and that can be at home or at work. I'm passionate about doing great work. I. I'm passionate about traveling and seeing the world and ensuring that my son joins me on those journeys. I, I'm passionate about working hard and being recognized for that work. Um, and so anytime those passions come to fruition, I feel self-valued, right? Especially at work. And and I feel that I'm making a difference when they do come to fruition. I'm, I'm making a difference in both my personal and and my professional life. So for me, my passions, you know, they I have both the personal and the professional passions. And, um, but, you know, I always stay true to my personal pa- passions because I, I am who I am and I'm not going to change. Um, but, you know, I think that some of them can, can be, kind of leveraged on, you know, both sides, personal, you can use your personal passions in your, prof- in your professional career as well. Right. You just so. gave me such an aha moment and such validation. You said you're, you're passionate about obtaining great results and that you're passionate about being recognized for your accomplishments, which is something mm-hmm. that we strive for often as entrepreneurs and leaders, you know, striving for leadership in corporate America, but we don't say it that way. So I find that so fascinating and something our our viewers could take away is that put that on your passion list that you Mm -hmm. state, I'm passionate about being recognized for my accomplishments and being acknowledged for it and rewarded for it. That that's a, really interesting um, Absolutely. point of view. And I love that. That's a gem that you all need to write down <laughs> your list that you can be passionate about obtaining great results. And, and it's, it makes it okay kind of to be a workaholic. People think I'm a workaholic. 
I am mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and, and we all are in some way, right? <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. I remember when when we did our pre-call, you did tell me that pursuit of balance. I don't know. I, I I'm pretty passionate about what I'm doing at work, and mm -hmm. that drives you. And I completely ag agree with that. Um, on your journey towards leadership. How important was it for you, or did you find yourself um, having any mentors and sponsors in the industry that helped you with either deciding to take the leap out of journalism and or as you climbed in the corporate ladder in finance? Well, so when I was in journalism, when I was actually in college and interning, I did have a couple of mentors. Um, there were a couple of news anchors. Um, one was just, she was really there just kind of giving me advice. Whereas the other, I worked with her um, at the um, uh, news affiliate that I worked for here in San Francisco. And she actually helped me. She was more of a sponsor, right? So she she spent the time helping me um, learn to write for the news and giving me tips on producing. And so once I made that transition from an intern to an employee, um, I they started sending me out on um, on uh, news assignments to interview folks on 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 the air and to and I started writing um, some of the stories, but. You know, there's a huge difference that, and and I also had a mentor at Schwab, um, and and again, she was a mentor. But the one thing that I do want to make very clear and call out here is that, um, you know, having a sponsor or a mentor is a really good first step to building relationships and an even better way to enhance your skills. But there's a difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Whereas a mentor is, you know, will share with you their experiences and can be a great sounding board, yeah. but not necessarily someone who will invest in advancing or building a mentee's career. Right. Where on the other hand, a sponsor is committed to helping you build your career and will help you identify or will identify opportunities that they feel may be a good fit for you. Right. So a sponsorship is a huge commitment and but it can also be risky for a sponsor because they they are there to advocate on your behalf. Right. Um, there's le much less accountability for a mentor, um, whereas a sponsor is literally putting their reputation on the line by advocating for you, right. which is, why it's, uh, you know, with a sponsor, the relationship is a bit more intimate and and a time commitment for them. Um, but both are equally important because they both provide opportunities for networking, which is key, is very key in, in career building. I never had a sponsor, but I did have mentors Yeah, and they did help, but um, I wish I had had a sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend any person to, you know, have one or both right. during their career journey. Many years, I didn't know what sponsorship or mentor. I knew, always knew what mentorship mm -hmm. was, but no, we had no real understanding of what sponsorship was. I remember a, a colleague and I used to say, "Wouldn't it be great if we had a godfather or godmother in in at work to help you know shepherd us up into the ranks, and we wouldn't have to work as hard as we did, uh, and mm -hmm. still not get to where it is we deserve to be." So. I look back though, and I and I realized with almost every job that I went to, 
someone came in came to get me or there was a person that i worked with before that mm -hmm. kind of validated me, me and what i did and and that i learned later on now um that was a part of sponsorship that was what helped me get further along in my career absolutely yeah yeah and i do i mentor and coach a lot of the younger um folks at, at schwab i take them under my wing um especially when i see that potential and i do invest my time mm -hmm. um so i guess i can i kind of cross over a little on the sponsor sponsorship side because i do spend the time um and i do advocate for them so right. um yeah and it's a really good feeling to feel that people look up to you and and respect you know not because i'm old but <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not old we're fine yes we are <laughs> i mean no we're not i'm sorry <laughs> no we are not old <laughs> we are not old we're seasoned veterans that's absolutely <laughs> absolutely so after, being, after being in one industry for so long and being able to claim that 20 year mark i think mm -hmm. that it's that is a mark of excellence and brilliance in a space Absolutely. where actually finance in the world of financial in services or investments or fintech itself. So um, congratulations on Thank all you. your uh, achievements, accomplishments, and success. So before we let you go, I do wanted to ask you for any tips and strategies that you have that will help women prevent burnout. You know, burnout was something that really became um exploited this past year in addition to the the pandemic the social unrest we were so consumed with um the change of remote first and people working from home and having to do more be more and be sort you know that drill sergeant to make sure that you affirm to your 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 leaders that you're capable of working from home and mm -hmm. you know, to a point where people started to feel this immense and um made a mill up the she she calls it the perpetual burnout mm -hmm. what are your strategies and advice to help people out of that feeling so so this is a very interesting but but very important topic um so and especially important it's especially important in in today's environment um um just a side note, I, I recently listened to a panel discussion on NPR where they focused on the fact that more than 2 million women have left the workforce in 2020 and are at the lowest level of workforce participation since the late 1980s. Mm. So it, it, they didn't touch on burnout, but, but it was an interesting discussion in that it focused on the lack of accommodations within very specific industries such as the hospitality and service industries, which are very female dominated. Wow. Right. Wow. Um, so those industries, oftentimes they, they don't have the flexibility, um, you know, to, to balance childcare with paid work or, or allow um, people to work from home. So in those industries, many, many women have, have actually quit their jobs and, and they were seeing that, um, you know, black and Latina women have been the hardest hit because there's so many black and Latina women in those um, industries, right. the service industries. 
But it, it's an interesting discussion, and I would highly recommend any of you to listen to have a listen to it. Um, and I'd be happy, Marcia, to send you the a link yeah, to, to the um, actual discussion. But regarding burnout, for me personally, I avoided by sticking to my goals of maintaining the work the work life balance that I alluded to earlier in the discussion. Um, you have to establish your me time, your time away from work. The work is isn't it's not going anywhere. It will be there. Work should not be your only focus, but it it should be your primary focus when you are at work. Um, right. Maybe a rock star at work and feel that you if you work harder, you'll eventually be a superstar. And your employee may or may not recognize that your plate is full and your bandwidth is shot and and will pile more work on you. Right. Uh, which which you'll probably take graciously because you want to make it to that superstar status. But in the end, you will burn out right. and you will regress and return to being just another star, not a rock star, not a superstar. Right. Or you may burn out to the point where you may consider changing jobs. So find your fit. It exists. But what you do with it is up to you. Uh, absolutely. So we have a couple of questions. We have a couple yeah. of people watching us on Facebook and YouTube or streaming live. And so Lisa says, how, which is a great question, how do you recruit a sponsor? Um, so I never really had a sponsor, but um, so I would, first of all, um, I would suggest that you check with your manager and for whichever company you work for and see if they offer that type of program at, at your company. Yeah. And if not, um, you know, if you're working with folks in the leader in a leadership role, I would establish some type of, of relationship with them, you know, um, maybe pull them aside, send them an email and ask if they would be willing to sponsor you. Yeah, I think um, that's, that's a great, great suggestion. It's it's really sometimes it just really comes natural, right? It's building a, a, an authentic relationship with someone in a leadership role that may have not started there or possibly have developed themselves into a leader. And kind of sometimes mm -hmm. I, I remember growing up, we made packs. Like, if you make it, I got you. If I make it, I got you, right? And so Lisa, Lisa had another question, which that would probably speak to Lisa. How do you tell your children ways to find a mentor or a sponsor? How do you tell your children? Right. Ways to find a, a mentor or a sponsor? Yeah. I, yeah. I I would tell my my son, he's 25, I would tell him the same thing. Um to but what I what I would actually tell my son is you have to show your stuff first, right? Before you start reaching out to to someone and asking them to sponsor you. Because again, a sponsor, they're putting their reputation on the line by being your advocate, right? Mm -hmm. So I would I would tell my son to, you know, if if you want a sponsor, ask someone that you've established some type of relationship with. Someone who knows that you're a hard worker and someone who is willing, because they know that you're a hard worker, willing to put in that time, willing to be your advocate. With regard to a mentor, I would just, I would probably tell him the same thing is, you know, find someone that you 
look up to, someone that you have a lot of, well, you should respect everyone at work, but, you know, someone that you may look up to at work that, that, you know, you kind of want to mimic or something and, and, and maybe talk to that person or send them an email. Hey, would you be willing to mentor me? Would you be willing to sponsor me? Right. Lisa says, I, I was never informed about these things. So what I don't want, I can't pass on, which is, which is so true and exactly why we bring together these type of discussions, Lisa, so that we, we start to share this information with one another. And you know whether it's our generation or, or the one behind us, we have to bring these these topics to the forefront and, and support and help each other. So thank you for tuning in, Lisa. She's one of my regular Thank you, Lisa. Here. <laughs> I so before we go, in the pursuit of balance, what is your favorite? Audio book or reading? Reading. <laughs> <laughs> I love to read. <laughs> I, I have uh felt somewhat in love with audiobooks in this past year. I mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked from home actually for way past, way before the pandemic. I've been working from home full time, but I never, I never stopped to do audio. I, I did always read. And this past year, I started doing audio and I love it. And it really depends on the tone of the narrator, I think. Sometimes mm -hmm. some authors do their own reading, but then I'm like, I didn't really like your voice. I like your story, but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> but it really depends. So I have recently fell in love with audio books. Um, thank you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Says thank you, Tracy. I appreciate you for being on uh, our guest today for the Horizon Salon Talks and Absolutely. Happy Women's Month. You are one of our women, uh, uh, heroes for the month, and we appreciate you for everything you're doing for mentoring other young professionals coming up in the industry and um we thank you again for you know being our guest today we're gonna it's my pleasure my thank you for having me you're welcome <laughs> thank you so much bye bye for now everyone all right thank you